Before we start the show, we just wanted to take a moment to thank you, our listeners, for your support. This podcast is a labor of love, and we are so grateful for everyone who has taken the time to listen, to share a praise report or a prayer request, to leave a review, or even share our pod with a friend. You mean the world to us. We recently launched a monthly sponsorship option to help us keep bringing you new episodes. So if you can, please consider subscribing. You can find the link in our show notes. And if you can't, commit to a monthly sponsorship. Please consider leaving us a review or sharing with a friend. Doing so helps us reach new people and helps us keep the show going. Thank you so much. Now, on to the show. Hello, kings and queens and in-between sinner saints. I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another international episode of Yes, Jesus. I'm Daniel Franzese, and as always, I'm here with my bestie, Azariah Southworth. Oh, my little present. And here at Yes, Jesus, we believe the little baby Jesus is getting birthed in your heart right at this very moment. And that little baby Jesus is surrounded by family. Strangers, kings, shepherds, and lots of stinky barnyard animals, y'all. So stay tuned and chill as we're going to tell you all about the Queer Christmas Nativity right after. It's happened again. We have another virgin birth happening in the animal kingdom. It's a miracle! (laughs) A few months ago, we talked about some lesbian sharks that reproduced without any males present. I love lesbian sharks. They make the best real estate agents. Now, the advocate is reporting that two female California condors have reproduced without any male mates. Oh, it is a Christmas miracle happening at the San Diego Zoo. Yes, and it's a double miracle because the California condors are an endangered species. This miraculous virgin birth is going to help keep the population going strong, honey. Oh, wait, California condors are birds. So is this a virgin birth or a virgin egg laying? Well, female birds lay eggs all the time. But this time, chicks hatched without the eggs being fertilized. Are we sure that some sneaky condor rooster (laughs) didn't just sneak up in there and fertilize some eggs? Well, if they're anything like me, maybe, but that's a great question. (laughs) The scientists at the zoo did a genetic test and found a genetic link to a female condor, but no genetic link to a male. You know, asexual reproduction has a fun scientific name, parthogenesis. Well, that's Ooh, a big word. Parthenogenesis. Yeah. I feel smart now. Uh, there, there are species that have asexual reproduction, but usually birds haven't done that. So now scientists are studying what other birds might be able to commit parthogenesis. Now, if we have any asexual listeners, listen, aces, what do you think of adopting parthogenesis as part of the lingo? Like mm. the desire to have a child, but I'm still not wanting sex. It could be shorted to parthing. Instead of birthing. I, okay, I don't, I don't really know what I'm talking about. Maybe, maybe there's already a term. Leave us a message at yesjesuspod.com and let us know what you think about expanding the vocabulary in the asexual community. Mm, I like this. These birds are like, don't back us in the endangered species yeah, corner. Yeah, just give me some slang. That's all I really want is some slang. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're going to be slanging around virgin eggs, you might as well call it some. Yeah. Back us up in the endangered species corner. We're going to start parthing. I like it. (laughs) Well, anyway, we will celebrate this as a Christmas miracle as it should be. 
I love that. I mean, in, that is news, but it's also a praise report, which is a great segue to this portion of our show, which is the praise report and prayer request. This is where if you have a little something to hallelujah about, let us know and we'll amplify your message. And if you have a little something that you want to ask God for assistance with, well, we'll put it on our prayer list and ask our listeners to do the same. So we're going to start with a praise report, Azzy. Uh See, so Michael sent us this on Instagram. Michael says, I hosted my first Thanksgiving dinner at my new house where I've had Many family members already meet my loving partner. And as a newly out gay man, I came out during COVID. Well, welcome to the family. As a newly out gay man that tried to pray the gay away for many years, I have put myself in many situations that have caused me to become someone who I am not. Although my parents were not immediately open and still don't know if they're affirming, but they're at least welcoming and sharing my partner with the rest of my family. It's a bit traumatic to remember the night I came out and didn't hear the words I love you, but I knew in their hearts that they were affected by their beliefs. So what helped me is loving God so much to seek truth and being educated on the mistranslation and its dangerous effects. So I want to thank you for this light that you brought. I can be gay and believe in Jesus and know he loves me. I don't have to choose. That's so right, Michael. And thank you for all of your devoted work. I would never have imagined being here, getting ready for a huge Thanksgiving dinner. And I feel those who are still struggling and I send them my prayers and my love. And I can't thank you enough. I always look forward to your podcast. Much love, Michael. Michael, God bless you. What a that is a praise report. I love making anyone feel more comfortable. Believe me, uh, we've we've all been in situations where we've not felt ourselves in our skin, especially around our kin. And look at that. Um, you know, you just got to believe and have the faith the size of a mustard seed, and God can move mountains in your family. And then we got a prayer request. What, tell us about it, Az. Yes, our prayer request today comes from, and I love this name, Confused by Cow Person. <laughs> Relatable. Um, I think that was like, I got called that a few times in college. <laughs> Confused by Cow Person says, hello, yes, Jesus pod. I am an ex-Mormon who was raised in a very devout Mormon family. I left the church when I was around 19 and felt so hurt by the things I was taught. I'm still picking up the pieces. In the past year or so though, I've been making my way back to God, really for the first time since the God I was taught about growing up is nothing like the one I'm finding now in all the best ways. Your podcast has helped me a lot. Anyways, I still believe I'm bi, but for the last four years, I've been trying to figure out my gender identity, but to no avail. I'm constantly going back and forth every few months and it is exhausting. I prayed on my own to find some clarity and I'm reaching out to you guys too because I need all the help I can get. I live in the Southern US and there are no gender therapists near me, but I have gone through a few workbooks by gender therapists. Still, I am uncertain and like I said, exhausted. I just want to know who I am. Thank you so much for reading and thank you for your wonderful podcasts. Love, Confused by Cowboy Girl. Oh. Confused by Cowperson. You know, I truly believe in our hearts, we know who we are, but sometimes fear and apprehension can get in the way of allowing us to either accept it or fully walk into it. So just give yourself grace and give yourself time. Continue to do the work that you're doing of seeking out resources and um, information by other people who have walked that same path as you. And who you are will emerge and and you will start to feel more comfortable in expressing who that person is. So just give yourself grace and don't put too much pressure on yourself if, if you can. Practice grace with yourself and we're, we're gonna, we'll keep you in our prayers and sending much love to you. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, sometimes uh, 
you know, it's always darkest before the dawn. Like it feels a little uh, bleak and a little cloudy right now. But just, you know, stay focused. Keep praying. Um, this is a great time. Like, Don't think of this so much as being confused. Maybe think of it more as a time of coming to a realization. So everything, everything's like mm-hmm. a, a new step. Everything is a new part of your journey. But we are solely here for you. And so is our community. Everyone, uh, please add confused by Calperson to your prayer list uh, this week. Uh, thank you for sending us that message. Just one step at a time, sweet Jesus. One, one day at, at a time. time, sweet Jesus. You can almost do it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and we'll be right back right after this with the scripture of the day. And now we're back, Azzy, for the scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. It's soul food. It's from Luke. Tell us about it, Azzy. This comes from Luke chapter 2, verse 7. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Mm. There was a funny meme going around recently. Did you see? I think you sent it to me, Danny. What was it? I think it was from that reality show, uh, Closing on Sunset. And like the girl's on the laptop and she's like trying to book something. And she's like oh, yeah. frustrated because she can't find the booking. And she just looks up and exasperated and goes, ah, Mary, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, it's like Joseph and he couldn't find room at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a funny meme. If listeners, we'll, we'll have to put it up so people can see it. Absolutely. Also, is Bands of Cloth like a Christian band name? Because I think it should be. And that's like a free, <laughs> like either Christian band name or festival. We are offering it up to whoever. <laughs> oh, this is a great story. This is the reason for the season, Ezzy. Yes, um, it is. You know, <laughs> you know, it may not get as much love and respect as the tree, but let's give some love and adoration to the Christmas nativity set. Yes, Don't you those, think so? <laughs> those nativity sets were supposed to be depictions of baby Jesus in the manger, and sometimes they are called a crush. You had one. We, I know you had one. Did your mom collect them? <laughs> we, I like because I we had one that my grandpa made. Actually, which is interesting. You know, Italians, I think we talked about this last Christmas, but like Mm -hmm. Italians have this thing and I don't, I thought everybody did it, but they cover baby Jesus with like a piece of cotton. Oh, okay. So they cover baby Jesus with a piece of cotton until he's born and then they take the (laughs) the cotton. He's not there. He's not there. Don't look. Don't look. (laughs) Um, We're covering him with a my pillow. No, I I don't know what was the whole deal with that. I always, I was confused by a kid. I'm like, like I always felt like bad that they were covering Jesus with cotton. Like I didn't get it until he's I suffocating. got. Yeah, I was like, you can't breathe in there. Is there cotton th- in the nativity? I, I think we had a ceramic one that like my grandma painted, um, if I recall correctly. A ceramic nativity. I also remember set. there was like a uh, light up one at like a local church, and people kept stealing the Jesus all the time. Like it was this big thing about the missing Jesus on the news, everything. <laughs> Who would steal? I just imagine some guy with like a garage full of light up Jesuses. <laughs> Gay Christian news, Jesus has been stolen again. And then there's like the real life size ones. You ever walk in through mm-hmm. one of those where they're like, everything's like, looks like mannequins and stuff. That's, oh, those yeah. are like a little eerie. Those are fun. But um, I yeah, love the, eerie yeah, is a good I, word. Living for the plastic yard nativity scenes. Love that. Love that whole energy. I actually went to Mexico and they make in the airport, they sold tiny, tiny, tiny ones. Like little, like almost like worry dolls, like those little baby nativity scenes. Okay. Uh, you can get like that a, paired with those little, the world's smallest Bible too. 
I know. What about the uh, IKEA nativity scene? You have to put it together. It's called like a fluffin starfin <laughs> bargain. Oh, gosh. You know? <laughs> Build your own Jesus. <laughs> uh, uh, Ross, what was yours like? What was your nativity scene like? So had, growing up, my mom had one that was all ceramic. She made it. She like took a ceramics class to do it. And um, oh, fancy! Uh-huh. We didn't have the cotton cloth for the baby Jesus, so we just wrapped it in a piece of bubble wrap that was in the. It was very original. <laughs> and then my my husband's uncle or grandpa made one that's kind of like a puzzle, like it fits in a box, and there are all these weird abstract shapes that you kind of just we assign to characters, and then they fit like when you pack it into this puzzle, but then like you sort of take it apart. Um, it's, it's very oh, it's, I it's like conceptual. That. And if I can dig it out, I'll, I'll send a photo that we can put up when we get this up there. That's pretty meta too, cool. you know, since the virgin birth is a puzzle for many people. You know, last <laughs> year we did the queerest Christmas pageant ever. So this year we want to build our own little Yash Jesus nativity scene. Yes, Jesuits, we are pulling out the box of Christmas decorations. I got it out of the Yes Jesus attic, and here we are. We're ready. Who are we kidding? We're gay Christians, and our Christmas decorations <laughs> can't just fit into one box. Uh, we're pulling out the stable, the whole stable, and now all the little figurines that go into the stable. Yes. But since this is a podcast and you can't see how beautiful all our nativity pieces are, we have several special guests to help us build out this nativity. And as we set up each individual piece, you'll hear from each of the characters in the nativity, like an audio nativity, if you will, a live audio nativity. First, we have Mary. Oh, (laughs) hell, Mary, you're full of grace. Today, the part of Virgin Mary is none other than our friend and queer Christian music chart topper, Similar. Hello, this is the Blessed Virgin Mary. Greetings upon you. Can I level with you? I might look holy and serene, but I am barely holding it together for this nativity scene. Just to give you a snapshot of what I'm like right now, by the time you see me here, I've had the Holy Spirit come upon me. Yeah, I've had that holy ghost sex. That sounds cool, right? Maybe at Halloween, it sounds a little kinky, a little fun, but when you are living in a tiny Middle Eastern town, it's much less fun. So yeah, ghost sex, and now I'm pregnant. I've already had to convince my fiance that it's okay that the baby isn't his, and then to top it all off, we had to ride in on a donkey while I was eight and a half months pregnant across the desert so we can participate in a government census. When we get to Bethlehem, we have to stay in a stable, sleeping on some hay. And this is the moment that the baby decides to be born. So it's the middle of the night and I'm in a barn, pushing a living bowling ball out of my body onto a feed trowel. For these nativity scenes, they like to dress me in blue robes and make me look holy. Sometimes they put my hands in a prayer or outward like I'm saying, ta-da, here's baby Jesus. But if you look close, like real close, you'll see some dark circles under my eyes. Baby bump because I just got this guy out of my uterus and I've got varicose veins that are never going to leave me. I know I'm complaining a lot. Childbirth is hard, but you know what? This might just be the happiest night of my life. You know how you can be utterly exhausted and happy and content at the same time? That's me right now. (laughs) At least it is, until that little drummer boy shows up. If I could have gotten up quickly enough, I would have hit him with his own drumsticks for waking up the baby! Thank you, Simler. You were the perfect Virgin Mary. Yeah, now whenever I think of a pregnant virgin teenager, I'm going to think of you. (laughs) 
Do you think Mary ever called Joseph daddy? Or do you think he would prefer to be called zaddy since he did raise, care for, and spend his hard-earned denarii on the little baby Jesus? Mm. Well, in today's episode, our Joseph is going to be played by my good friend, Kevin Miguel Garcia. Let's take a listen. Hey there, it is me, Joseph. No, not the one with the Technicolor dream coat. That's not me, that's the other Joseph, the one from Genesis. And just so you know, a little gossip, a little tea, um, it's not really a Technicolor dream coat. Like, it's where I come from, it's called a Ketonet Passim, which is actually the same thing as like a Jewish princess robe. And so I'm not saying that the other Joseph was like a little, you know. Uh, I just want you to get your Bible stories straight, people. <laughs> straight, lols. Anyways, I don't appear often in these stories, but uh, I am here. Always been here. I've been here the entire time in this nativity scene, just looking down on this little BB. But the thing is, I've got my own story to tell. And I'm not the demure husband in the corner that you think I am. You know what I did? I saved the day. I found a way to avoid scandal for every single one of us. And this is like the biggest deal of deals because, honey, scandal is not just a show for Kerry Washington, honey. It's real. It could have ruined our lives, but thank God for me. So me and Mary, we're engaged and whatnot. She goes off to hang with her cousin Liz for a while. Uh, and then when she comes back, she tells me that she's pregnant. And I'm like, um, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I know the baby's not mine. Do you know how I know the baby's not mine? Because I have never seen a vagina in my life at this point. Not because I don't like vaginas, okay? I am just a good man. I respect the boundaries. Uh, so where the hell did this baby come from, Mary? <laughs> and Mary told me that she had more or less ghost sex. Which is, like, pretty kinky sounding to me, but, like, she kept insisting that it wasn't fun, and so I don't know whether to be jealous or or not, you know. Anyways, at the time, getting pregnant before your, your wedding was, like, uh, bad, to say the very least. So I was thinking, uh, I, need to, I need to not do what most husbands do, which is get the authorities and get painful and messy, and then somebody usually, you know, gets stoned. And not, like, the good kind of stone, either. Like, the dead kind. Anyways, I didn't want to do that. I was just going to quietly let her go. Her and little baby Gigi, they can go on their way, and I can get on with my life. And then, I have this wild dream. Now, granted, I did... I was having a smoke, because I was really, like, stressed out about it. So, I don't know, like, what... It, he could have had something in it. But either way, I have this dream later this night. And this angel shows up, and says, you got to keep Mary as your wife and raise this baby as your own. And when I tell you I woke up with the coldest of sweats and uh, just this pit in my stomach, I'm like, oh, God, are you going to make me do this? Really? Really, God? And fast forward to us now, sitting in this stable, looking down at this baby in a trough filled with hay. <laughs> it's a uh, wild so my biggest job, apparently, is to keep an eye on the door and play bouncer and manage all of these guests who keep walking in and out of here like there wasn't, like, it's, it, 
this woman just gave birth. What are you doing here? Let her sleep. And all these strangers keep showing up. They say, oh, an angel told us, oh, we're following a star. Some of these assholes smell like sheep. Other guys who I swear were probably, like, drag queens arrived, three of them. Like, are you going to a pride parade in Bethlehem? And in the first century, I mean, come on, what are you doing here? And comma, however, I mean, these gifts are like really nice. Like, oof, this is expensive. And I'm pretty sure that I can hawk this for a little bit of money. Anyways, uh, who, who the hell knew? Who knew that all this crazy shit would lead me to just sitting here in the stable looking at this baby that is not mine, but that I really love? You know what's also pretty cool about this is that um, this baby has two daddies and a mommy. I mean, come on. What's more progressive than that? That's pretty sick. Welcome back to Every Birth Becomes Eclectic. Um, I don't know if Joseph was a zaddy, but Kevin Miguel Garcia, we sure know you are. Thank you for joining us on our nativity. You know what else was in the stable at that first Christmas? A lot of barn animals. Now, it, it can't be a nativity. If you can't see an ox or see an ass. And luckily for you, we got the hottest ox and ass in the podcasting world. <laughs> Let's take a listen to the sexy Zakar twins tell us all about it. I'm an ass or a donkey if you're classy. In the nativity, you might see us in the background, like props, the ox and the ass. But animals aren't just props, you know? No. We aren't just there to make the Holy Family look pretty. We have a central part of this story. Central. Want to hear what happened? Or at least what happened from our perspectives. Well, so here we are, minding our own business. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Build a story, build a story. Okay, getting ready for a fabulous dinner. Mm -hmm. And this couple just comes into our space, our home. Then the lady just plops some newborn baby in our feeding throw. Like, it got placenta all over the place. It took weeks to get out. But after that, these sheep showed up and they had some humans along with them. I've seen some spook sheep before, but these ones look like they've seen the most traumatic things in their lives. We tried to ask them what happened, but sheep are so hard to understand. They just kept saying it was bad. Then these guys showed up with gifts. The gold was fine, but mm-hmm. the uh, the Frankenstein and the mirth take up the entire barn to the highest heavens. It's like they were trying to give that little baby a, a, an axe body shower spray or something. Reminds me of high school locker rooms. That was bad. But remember, when you look at the nativity, you are looking at our home. The stable is where we eat and we sleep. It's not a baby place. My feeding through is not meant to hold a crying infant. And it sure isn't supposed to smell like a gay disco up in there. Thank you, Zakar Twins. You are the sexiest ass and ox that I've ever seen. What's that off in the distance, Danny? Are those shepherds? Sybil Shepherd? They, they, they must be on their way to visit Mary Joseph and baby Jesus. Aww. Our friends at Walsh University are playing the part of the shepherds. Here's the tea on them. You might remember them from after Danny was fired from a gig at Walsh University. Well, the students rallied and challenged their university leadership about hosting an LGBTQ club, and they are still fighting the good fight. Let's take a listen to what the shepherds have to say. If you're looking at this nativity scene, we probably look pretty serene, but so does everyone around here. It's... 
like we took a hit of weed before checking out the baby Jesus. Look, being a shepherd is hard work, and we were on the overnight shift. And yes, when you work overnight, you get bored. And maybe you'd do a hit or two just to pass the time. And then this angel appeared. And I know people think it would be cool to meet an angel, but you know what? They are terrifying. Have you seen a description of what an angel looks like? Ezekiel wrote down the best description. Take a listen to this. Each had four faces, and each of them had four wings. Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the soles of a calf's foot. And they sparkled like burnished bronze. Under their wings, on their four sides, they had human hands. And the four had their faces and their wings thus. Their wings touched one another. Each of them moved straight ahead without turning as they moved. As for the appearance of their faces, the four had the face of a human being, the face of a lion on the right side, the face of an ox on the left side, and the face of an eagle. Such were their faces. Their wings were spread out above. This made us crap ourselves. And then after one appeared, dozens of others showed up and started singing. Angels singing sent the flock running all over the place. So we collected them all and then headed over to where this new baby was. And that's the moment when you see us in the nativity scene. One of us had to carry a lamb who was still freaked out from the angel experience. A few of us got to hang out with the cows. All in all, it was pretty cool. Now, this is fun. I love those Walsh students. They made the best shepherds, but there are more visitors in our nativity scene. We also get to hear from three wise men, three kings, the Magi. These kings came from distant lands and brought very fancy gifts, so we want to give them some strategic placement in our nativity scene. And to help us, we have our friends from the boys' Bible study playing the wise men tonight. Take it away, boys, or men, or kings, a wise guys. I don't know why we're even in this nativity scene. We were latecomers to the party. First of all, we don't live anywhere near Bethlehem. This star just suddenly showed up. And if you need something as high up in the sky as a star, you know it's a long trip. And then we had to decide on gifts, all three of us. I got the gold, which is practical. You can spend it anywhere. It's the gift card of the biblical world. The other guys got frankincense and myrrh. What are those, you ask? Exactly. Who knows what new parents are going to do with what is essentially perfume and embalming fluid? Those guys leaned heavily into the symbolic, and I'm known as the practical wise man. Then we had to travel. Following a star isn't quite as easy as it sounds, and we are three old guys who don't want to ask for directions. And the one time we did stop for directions, it got weird. You know how you're sometimes chatting someone up and it just starts to feel like they're getting pushy? Yeah, that's the vibe we were getting from King Herod. He kept saying, Tell me where this new king is. I really need to know. I think he wanted to turn us into his spies. And then we had a dream that told us to get the hell out of there. So as soon as we could, we excused ourselves and got out. All that takes time. And so we weren't there on Christmas night. We didn't see the shepherds. The baby wasn't quite so newborn, but it was still miraculous. The family was very polite about the gifts. I know they don't know what to do with that fucking myrrh, but it's fine. It wouldn't be a story of biblical proportions without a visit from an angel like the multi-talented actor, singer, activist, Melinda Hale. In the nativity scene you have sitting on your mantle, I hover over the stable, looking down on the scene unfolding below. 
Often my hands are folded in a prayer and my mouth is open for singing. I look peaceful and reverent. But in the Bible, I am a terrifying creature. I just showed up in the middle of the night in a field and spooked a whole herd of sheep and shepherds with them. The shepherds were terrified. Can I confess something, though? It's fun to bring tidings of great joy, but you know what's more fun? Calling in my whole heavenly chorus to scare the crap out of those sheep. You think one of me appearing in the middle of the night is scary? Well, imagine when you see a whole bunch of me and we're singing at the top of our lungs. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom God favors. Oh yeah, the chorus sings well. We've been rehearsing that for literally millennia. And we sang it so well, those shepherds packed up the sheep and hustled their buns over to Bethlehem to see the newborn baby Jesus. So that means my job is done. I am a messenger, and I delivered the message with music and with style. I'm like a beautiful, terrifying singing telegram. Maybe soon I'll get to deliver you a message with tidings of great joy. Wow, Melinda Hale, that was powerful, beautiful, and scary angel just the way I like it. You like your angels, Ralph. (laughs) The angel talked to Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds, but who told the wise men to mount their camels and ride across countries to visit the little baby Jesus? That was the star. And the star shines bright in the night sky, giving guidance and direction. So I'm pleased we got my beautiful friend, Arise Wanzer, to be the star in our queer little nativity. Arise, take it away. I'm the star. Do you know the difference between a diva and a star? A diva demands respect, but a star doesn't have to demand it. We just perform and people follow us wherever we go. You see me shining way above the whole scene? I'm the one who's shining in on the sweet little baby Jesus, laying there in a manger. I'm the one who guides kings and wise fellows from foreign lands. Do you know how hard it is to guide people across international borders to a specific address? That is the level of specificity that takes skill. And I did it all before MapQuest. Do we get much credit? No, that's just what stars do. When we are called to perform, we turn it up and shine bright like a showgirl covered in sequins. It's my job to shine, and baby, can I shine. And don't you forget it. Yes, Arise, you are a true star. A star to the wise men, a star to everyone, but also especially a star to us. Well, it is time for the main character to make his grand appearance. Roll out the red carpet. Yes, this nativity is all about the little baby Jesus, who will go up to be the foundation of our faith. At least those of us who are a Christian, yeah. Some nativities won't put little baby Jesus out until December 24th. Might cover him with cotton before that, but here it is, <laughs> Jesus. We're going whole hog, and playing today's little baby Jesus is a Christmas movie maven, (laughs) my faithful fairy friend, Jonathan Bennett. Jonathan, what's the little baby Jesus got to say? Have you ever heard the phrase, you were born in a barn? Well, I was. It's wild. Sharing my first moments on earth with cows and donkeys, having visitors from all over the place, and I literally mean all over the place. I mean, there were some shepherds from a few miles away, and then there were these kings in these elaborate robes from faraway countries. It was lit. Here's the thing. Being born in a barn isn't even the strangest or most significant thing about me. You probably know this, but after this scene in the stable, I'm pretty much gonna start turning the whole world upside down. 
My mom is going to make me turn water into wine at a wedding. My baptism is going to tear open the heavens and freak even more people out by hearing the voice of, well, I know this is a humble brag, but my dad, God. I'm going to camp out in the desert and go head to head with Satan himself. And while all that's pretty wild, that's still not the queerest thing I'm going to do. I'm going to surround myself with a dozen other guys, travel the countryside, healing the sick, raising the dead, teaching people, telling stories, trying to make people understand what God is like. And I know what God is like. It's like we have the same mind or something. But people don't get it. For all the good things I'm going to say and do, folks are still going to turn on me. I'll be abandoned, arrested, and even killed. But even that isn't the queerest thing because death isn't the end. <laughs> nope, not at all. I'm doing all this to show that death doesn't have the final say. So when you're looking at me in the nativity scene, you see a sleeping baby. But remember, that baby is super queer performing miracles, surrounding himself with chosen family, clearing the way our world works, even changing the rules of life and death. It's all coming, and it starts here, in this manger in a stable in Bethlehem, with me, surrounded by my mom, my two dads, some barn animals, shepherds, and foreign kings. <laughs> what a queer scene. Happy birthday to me. That's Jonathan Bennett, our own little baby Jesus. If the first Christmas could be played as a holiday rom-com, you would be the leading man, or babier, or farrier. Whatever, whatever. Really, whatever and, you want to be. <laughs> and that's it. Our little <laughs> queer nativity scene. We want to give a special thanks to our special guests who made our queer little nativity come to life. Grace Baldridge, Kevin Miguel Garcia, Sakar Twins, the Walsh University students, boys Bible study hosts, Melinda Hale, Marie Swanzer, and Jonathan Bennett. You know what? What? <laughs> now that I see all these characters together in the stable, I realize just how queer that first nativity must have been. A virgin birth. Hello. Foreign visitors, shepherds, barnyard animals. Christmas is queer, right? Which is why we're wishing you a happy queer Christmas. May the little baby Jesus bless you this coming week. Yes. Well, this week, our tithe, love offering, charity, act of good. If you have a nativity scene in your home, send us a photo on social media at Yas Jesus Pod. We'd love to share the artistic beauty and some of the more bizarre ones with the rest of this queer and faithful community. If queering up the nativity scene wasn't enough for you, just buckle up because we also have queered up some Christmas music. Well, at least Australian singer-songwriter Susan Moranti she has. She has reworked, reworded, and recorded Silent Night for us all to enjoy. So, Susan, if you don't know who she is, she is an absolute advocate for the LGBTQIA community and an engaging and magnetic woman who will bring you utter joy and to anyone who meets her. So, you're going to hear her combine a hymn praising the birth of Jesus and the echoes, echoes, echoes of an old love song mashed together. And if you have a song that you want us to play on air, send an email to contact at yesjesuspod.com. 
we'd love to feature your music too. Now, we're going to close out the show and play Susan Moranti's Silent Night. Enjoy, darlings. And now, our closing prayer. Please bow your heads unless you're driving because Jesus can't actually take the wheel. Yeah, he's still a baby right now. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Lord God, Father God, we thank you so much for giving us the gift of yourself, coming to earth, being born in humble circumstances, walking this earth. We celebrate Christmas because you loved us enough to join us in our wild, messed up lives. Let nativity scenes, no matter how silly, remind people of the story of your birth. We give thanks for the gifts and the talents of friends that we have here at Yash Jesus, for all of our community here who are listening, and for all those who lent our voice, we say thank you. And we pray for our friend, confused by cow person, that they will give themselves the grace that they need as they walk this journey to, to discover and accept who they are. And we want you to know, confused cowboy person, that we are here for you and we support you however you need. Don't be afraid to reach out. And we also pray for Michael and his family. May they have peace and joy and happiness. Yes, and so much gratitude for their acceptance. Let that keep growing as his faith grows. And Lord, we just thank you again for this whole community. And Merry Christmas and God bless us, everyone. Um, Merry Christmas, Jesus. I I hope that um, everyone has a. We should all have nicknames that are like confused by cow person. Like it should be that long <laughs> and that confusing. I like that. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Yash Jesus. You can find us on social media at Yash Jesus Pod or on our website at yashjesuspod.com. If you like the show, please consider becoming a monthly sponsor. You can find the link to do so in the show notes. And if you haven't yet, leave us a review, share it with a friend. Doing so really helps us reach new people and keep the show running. You can now leave an audio prayer request or praise report on our website, yasjesuspod.com. We would love to share your voice and your prayers on the show, so drop us a line or send us a recording on yasjesuspod.com. Send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, episode ideas, guest ideas, or even just a Merry Christmas, you ho-ho-hos. We'd love to hear from you. Yas Jesus is hosted by me, Daniel Franzese, and... And the ho-ho-ho as Araya Southworth. South Pole. Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Hochman. Our show is produced by the freaking deacon, Ross Murray and Meredith Pauley. Special thanks to Sophie Serrano and Sam Isfin. Just Chris got a Christmas Hochman. Chris Hochman gets a Hochman. Uh, Yash Jesus <laughs> is brought to you by Oddity. Oddity execs are Ryan Lochner, Jessica Bustilios, and Steve Michaels. We are streaming and screaming all Christmas long on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your presents and podcasts. <laughs> and remember, God loves you just as you are, even if you are a hoe. So keep praising the Lord, y'all, and jingling bells.
lost in my dream. 